Turning today to the 17th chapter of Exodus, we continue to hear the story of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness after their escape from Egypt. And today they are grumbling against Moses because it's hot and there's no water. And Moses says, your complaint isn't with me, it's with the Lord. Wow. Exodus 17 starts like this. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are most ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people. And take some of the elders of Israel with you, and take your hand, take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out, so that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Maribel, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord amongst us or not? And then the 23rd chapter of Matthew brings us this interesting story. When Jesus entered the temple... The chief priests and elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven? Or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd. For all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. And the father went to the second and said, The same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And said, and they said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collector and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God. 
ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As you know, I am your senior pastor, which means often that I get to represent you in public. And this weekend was one of those times when this was most apparent to me. So Friday night I was not at the symphony, although I hear it was a great time, and do support your Wheeling Symphony Orchestra. But I was at Towngate Theater where they were remembering the life of Betty Steele, who was a great saint of this church, but also a founder of Towngate Theater. One of the reasons that place exists in our city is because of Betty. And as we were going in, I saw the brightest, biggest, largest rainbow I have seen in a long time. And I knew she was with us. And I sat with her daughters, and we were able to cry and remember and tell stories. And it was a beautiful, beautiful evening. And I sat and I remembered how Betty was on the session here when I first came. And she was so wise. And so non judgmental. And we needed that. We needed that. We need it still. We need that voice. But I went home that night, went to bed because I got up very early. I was over here at the school at 7 a.m. the next morning. Me, 7 a.m. Did you hear that? Because they were having their 5K run. And it's been a tradition of Vance since I've been here and since they've had the race because they didn't have it during COVID. That we go over and we provide fruit and bagels and donuts and juice and things for the runners and the runner's kids that are running around. And so we did that. And it was very interesting to hear. I had more than one person come up and say, Vance does so much for us. I've never seen a church do so much for the community. I mean, I go to so-and-so church, and I love my church, but it's not involved out in the world like you all are. And that puffed up my soul pretty good. But then, on the other hand, the principal walked past and we had had a spat the week before over parking. Because this parking lot is going to kill me before I leave here as your senior pastor. It was a good day to see all those kids running around. You know, when I first got here, that race used to be like the Woodsdale area block party. It was fun, and there were people, all, people from all over the place, whether they were running or not, were here. And We just hoped to support the neighborhood again like that. You know, that feels right. And I left there and went 
for lunch at Laughlin Chapel because their Blossoms program was in full swing and they had a mistake last week about how they were going to feed the women there, their homeless women, most of them. And so they got KFC courtesy of Vance. And some of you are probably thinking, well, what a horrible thing for us to take to them. We should have had home cooking and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you, they devoured every piece of food that we brought into that place. And as I looked at those women who are in various stages of drug recovery and health and need... I thought to myself, this is what we should be doing. And then I remembered in the church office earlier this week, we'd had several members of the church come and say, why are we giving away so much food in that food pantry? These people don't need our help. Why do we get to decide who needs our help and who doesn't? If they're hungry, shouldn't we feed them? Isn't that our mandate? But then I'll tell you where I was in the afternoon and early evening. And this is fast. This has blown my mind. I'm still processing this. I don't know what to do with this information. I want to form a clergy group that just goes to the Wheeling Island Casino and sits and studies people. Because first of all, I was there on behalf of the YWCA board who has raised a lot of fundraising money from playing bingo over the course of its years. Used to have bingo at the Y building every Friday night. So instead they did this big event at the casino. And I went because I'm on the board and I try to be a good board member and support what they're doing. And I really didn't have any ethical concerns when I started about gambling, but I do now. And it was fascinating to me. You know, when we pass a plate through these pews, you run from it like it has COVID. When I had ticket lottery tickets to sell and I was walking through the aisles where people were sitting, they were throwing money at me. Literally. And they were so hopeful. So hopeful. If I came to you and said, I've been praying and God has told me you will never die of cancer. I can almost guarantee you'd say for me, I don't believe that. But I'd hand those people a lottery ticket and they'd say, oh, I can feel it. This one's a winner. They were so hopeful about this. It's, it was fast. I'm, I still don't know what to do with it all. And I looked around at some of these people and I thought, these people are really poor. I wonder if they can really afford to be doing this. And again, I thought, it's just not up to me to decide this. The text today says, the people we think are in aren't 
It's not the religious elite and all of those people that are going to see Jesus first. It's the sinners and the prostitutes. People you'd never expect. We've got to get our judgment in order here, fellas. Because here's the one thing I know for sure. When he was asked what the greatest commandment is, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And in our modern psychological minds, we've developed an interpretation of that that says, oh, I'm supposed to love myself. That's not what that text was intended to mean. That text was intended to mean love your neighbor. And who's your neighbor? Everybody around you. Passing judgment on your neighbor is not loving them. Somehow looking down on them because they need our help is not loving them. Love your neighbor. Help them when they're in need. Support them when you can. Embrace them always. This is World Communion Sunday. There are people coming to this table literally everywhere, all over this globe. Many of these children that were up here are too young to have studied much geography. But they knew a few places like China and the desert. The desert is the Middle East. The desert is Northern Africa. South America. Here in the United States, where some of those places I just named are now sending missionaries because they're afraid we've forgotten what Christianity is and who Jesus is. But all over the world, we come to the same table to celebrate the same God as one people. No one better than another. All of us in need of mercy and grace. And all of us needing humbled before our God who has given us so very much. Jesus comes to us knowing our needs. It says, love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. That's what makes us a true community of believers when we come to this table today. May God have mercy on us. Amen.